Welcome to the Integration Podcast, your guide to enterprise integration. Cool. Welcome to this uh, Integration Podcast. Uh, in this podcast, we're going to cover something that have been really a hot topic, and that is, is blockchain. Uh, I don't understand that much about the topic other than it seems like a lot of people are interested in it and wanted to understand what really matters in this area. Uh, I've got uh, Stefan Nilsson uh, from uh, Norway to be a part of this uh, podcast and actually he he has a lot more insight about what's going on. So uh, Stefan, uh, thanks for, for joining. Uh, could you explain a little about your, your background? Sure, yes, thank you for having me here, very, very nice. Uh, so, my background is, uh, I've been working 20 years as an SAP integration consultant. So, uh, doing a lot of integrations, uh, just like you, with, with SAP, uh, from, from and to SAP to other systems, to banks and warehouses and, and customers and suppliers and so on. And, uh, like, Five years ago, when I moved to four and a half, five years ago, when I moved to uh, Norway, I got the chance to uh, start looking into this blockchain, Bitcoin and blockchain thing, because I've been interested in, in Bitcoin since like 2012, when I read this uh, white paper from a guy or from a group called Satoshi Nakamoto, and uh, that was just mind blowing reading that because. It, uh, it, it, it's a complete new system, a decentralized system that nobody is owning, that everybody can use to store information and transfer ownership in. And you can actually use this functionality very, very good in, in business environments. It's not just sending bitcoins back and forth, but you can actually change ownership in a, in a secure way, just like we are sending an email today, we can send an asset. And that asset from the start was just a Bitcoin, but that asset could be anything that you can tokenize. So any, any contract or shares or ownership of a car or a house or, or a product. So in the business world, that is very, very useful that you can transfer ownership. Mm -hmm. And I guess know when when this was done, and everybody can, other people can verify it. Uh, right. Yes. So uh, I guess you already dipped dipped into to this concept, and yeah, I've been reading a little about what this uh, blockchain is, and obviously bitcoins you cannot get around, and I guess that's what started the the whole hype. But I guess it's as you say, it's a lot more uh, uh, areas there where it makes sense. Um, right. So, in in a so you're saying this thing about uh, sharing data and information in in a blockchain. So, how does that work? If you're a company uh, and you want to share some data with your partners, how does that work? Yes. So today you are sending information via via different media. So you can send it. Uh, via the web, email, you can send it as a, like, like, like what we do today with EDI, for example, so we are sending CSV file, text files via FTP or SFTP to a middle, middle man, and then they are sending it to the receiver and so on. Um, we could do the same thing 
uh, but on a blockchain, which means that instead of instead of creating this uh, CSV file, sending it via SFTP, we can just create a message, put it into a into the blockchain via a, a Bitcoin transaction. Actually, mm -hmm. so we are actually we actually sending a small, 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 small piece of Bitcoin, uh, like like a millionth of a Bitcoin. But it's not Bitcoin that is, is uh, important. It's the information that we can add to this transaction. So I can send this uh, million of a Bitcoin to you, but I can add my my invoice or my order or my delivery message or all these EDI messages into that transaction and send it to you. And by doing that in the blockchain, we are signing the message, cryptographically signing the message. We are encrypting it, and we are tracing it in the blockchain, which I mean I can prove I sent it. You can be sure that it comes from me and that the file is not changed. Nobody has uh, changed the account number or anything like that. And, and you get it in real time. So it's peer-to-peer, -peer, real time, encrypted. And then on top of that, it's cheap. It's very cheap to do it. So it costs uh, a very small transaction fee in the in the blockchain to do this. So it's it's all the plus and it's uh, cheaper to do it. So uh, I'm I'm foreseeing that using blockchain for EDI and we call that BDI blockchain data interchange. Uh, so that's that's one of the things that we are we are developing in our product. So that would be instead of having to connect to your event provider and pay a fixed fee per invoice or IDOC that you're sending or whatever EDI document that you're sending, you would then instead you would install a blockchain server in your own environment, push the documents through that one, and then they will sign it with a Bitcoin transaction. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Absolutely. Okay. So that is what. What we are doing in our company is in uh, Unisoft. It's called Unisoft. And Unisoft, uh, you're. Yeah. What do you said something about the name earlier? What was it? Yeah, yeah. The name is uh, Unisoft. It's a short for Universal Source of Truth. So we are, we are trying to make uh, this one global business network or the one global database. But. The good thing is we are not owning the database, we are not owning the network. It's already existing for 10 years. Mm. So, so what we are doing is actually just building a module for SAP that we actually give away for free. <laughs> so uh, you can just install this module in your SAP system and then suddenly you can start using blockchain functionality. So you can connect all your business processes to blockchain. Uh, so that's all you have to do. Install this module in your SAP system, and then your partner that you're sending to must also have this module. Hmm. And then you have this peer-to-peer, real-time, encrypted, cheap communication method. So, uh, and, yeah. so you are installing this directly on your ECC or S4 system? Yes, exactly. So it's just a... And then you're bypassing the EDI or PI or whatever you have. Yes, yes. For uh, for the base base module, we are doing that. Okay. Where we just, where we just have not the, the standard EDI messages or, or IDOCs uh, in and out. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. But of and course, if, if we need some more advanced mapping and routing and so on, then we can put the PI in the middle, of course. Uh, okay, I guess AIF or whatever you could probably also use. Yeah, yeah, any, any middleware can, mm -hmm. we can put between there if, if we need some to do some really advanced mapping or VPNs. But so what you would say is you would then just install this component on your SAP system and then you'd set an output path or whatever output medium for specific IDOCs or yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You have then to, whenever yeah. you're sending an order or a delivery notification or anything like that, they will just be sent into this blockchain to whoever is relevant for those. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. Okay. And then they obviously need to understand this. Or have you done a mapping internally to? Yeah, we do the mapping from from internal EDI to uh, to UBL Universal Business Language. Or ah, okay. or, so we are we actually at this moment building a new uh, global standard for BDI, but we are basing it on the current uh, EDI standards like X12 and UBL and, and so on. Yeah, I was, uh, and one of the other podcasts, we, we talked about uh, people or people or whatever it was. That was one of these uh, standards that was, at least in the EU, uh, a little more than uh, uh, a, a yeah. bigger format. Or yeah, the, the Pebble Network, they are using UBL, Universal Business Language. Mm -hmm. And this is the, what we are using in all our countries. Uh, Okay. Norway, it's electronic handles for modern and Denmark have their version of it, but they're all based on the UBL. Yeah, and some version of it. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so it's anyway a format that's supported, so you don't invent a new way of of exactly. understanding these documents. Exactly, and that that also means that. If our customer then are using our system and they want to send to someone outside of the blockchain, then then we can translate that to a normal UBL message and send it the normal mm. way. Of okay. course, you're, you're missing all the good stuff with encryption, peer-to-peer, -peer, traceability, and everything. But but you can still communicate with with the, the suppliers and customers who are not in the system yet. Mm -hmm. Okay. That makes makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah, I guess then then it, it's a lot easier because you don't need the whole infrastructure about creating your uh, EDI documents and setting up all your partners. Obviously, I guess you in the SAP system you would then st still specify that uh, this partner, this uh, specific company, would have this address in some format. Right, yes, yes. And so, they need to do the same with you? Yeah, exactly. So you are setting up, up exactly the same as the UK. They have uh, um, a uh, uh, PayPal address, or if it's an email address, or fax, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. so it's, uh, it's very straightforward. The, the, whole, the whole idea with this is that it should be as easy as possible for a company to start using blockchain. Mm -hmm. Their stuff to program anything in blockchain, or they don't have to start using a lot of strange APIs from, a, from an external system and so on. But just just simply plug in our modeling and start using it. 
cool. Yeah, I, I guess that's also what you see with all these different technologies. You need to figure out how these actually work and how to install it, configure and spend a lot of time on it. Right, right. And I guess that is also some of the, the benefits of, for instance, using Arriva that you just have one central place of communicating. So essentially, this is a competition to Arriba. Yes, uh, you can say that, absolutely. But, uh, some of the, their, their offerings, yes. yes. At least for, for the documents, Dave. probably yeah. not the uh, search for, for document or orders or whatever, but for some of these other parts. Mm. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then you're talking about you, you as a company would then need a, a blockchain server. How do you, what's, what kind of software is that? Uh, so we are then providing uh, that blockchain server as a blockchain as a service. Okay. So uh, you just connect to, to, to this software in the cloud. You're connecting your SAP to this cloud server. Mm-hmm. What, what our module is also doing is working like, like a kind of firewall or, or a, a, a router. So you can be sure that nobody from or on the blockchain can access your, your internal SAP stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of the main functions, main, main features that we have here is, is security. Security, it, it's really enterprise security. And that's why we're using the blockchain we are using because we have made a lot of uh, due diligence on, on different blockchains. Uh, you have Bitcoin, you have Ethereum, you have uh, chain and all of these uh, Hyperledger, Corda, and all of that. But what we have seen that because all of this is based on security, 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 and scalability, mm-hmm. and and we simply have found out that none of the other blockchains are offering both security and scalability with uh, a compatible price, such mm-hmm. as uh, the one we're using today in the SV blockchain. Okay. And, and I guess then if you're talking, I guess another feature is that it's something that, uh, yeah, and such as scalability, that it's something that needs to be used for many years. Otherwise, I guess it doesn't really make sense. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So scalability is uh, is very important as well. So today we 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 can do one thousand five hundred transactions per second on chain. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people uh, still think that Bitcoin is this old stuff, like we had a couple of years ago. Bitcoin can only do like five five transactions per second, per uh-huh. second, so on. But that's not correct anymore because today we are doing fifteen hundred transactions in July. We will um, extend that to about 10,000 to 15,000 transactions per second on chain, which means that we are past Visa by large. <coughs> and in, in January 2020, the, the limit will be removed totally. So then we are talking millions of transactions per second. Okay. So, 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 so it's a, like a separate blockchain or whatever, a distributing system, but you're just using the Bitcoin as a way of signing each block and saying, we got this at this specific point in time. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. You could say that. You, can, you cannot have a blockchain without a coin or a token. Mm, okay. Uh, 
all the companies saying that, oh, we have our blockchain, it's private, but we don't have any tokens or, or, or cryptos. That's just a bluff because uh, they are they are they're just having a replicated database, an advanced replicated database. Mm -hmm. And the good thing uh, with having this uh, coin or Bitcoin or token is that now we can also start monetizing on information because a lot of companies today are, are storing a huge amount of data in the data warehouses and data lakes and, and everything. But they're only using it internally. But with such a system where we have blockchain with the payment method, we can actually start selling small pieces of information for like a cent or a couple of cents. So we can send it, sell, or a company can sell a temperature or a weight or a position to their partners in the supply chain for, for a couple of cents. So suddenly you can monetize all the information that you have available in your in your data warehouse. So that is a is a very very interesting uh, concept. And then you're saying that for each of these different type of documents, or, or you can actually say who is allowed to see them. So uh, we are now we have all of these uh, e-invoicing projects. So you can actually say that the partner receiving it and the tax authority are allowed to see these documents exactly yes yes that's that's a problem that many people have that oh we cannot use the public blockchain for our business because then everybody sees everything but that's that's not correct just like we are doing today i'm sure you have done it too uh, when we are sending uh, payment files to the banks we are doing that through internet uh -huh. but it's of course encrypted so nobody can see it except the bank and the same thing with uh, with this stuff here on the blockchain. Yeah, the transactions are visible in, in, in some way in the blockchain. <coughs> Nobody can see who it is from or what it is or anything. It's too, uh, so, you, you can see that it is to the specific partner, right? No, no, you can just see that someone sent something to someone. <laughs> okay. So it doesn't tell you anything. But uh, you so, can see that uh, f that if, for instance, these two companies have a million invoices together or whatever, you can see that there is a large traffic between these two parties, but you don't know who these parties are. Yes, you could you could do a block or TCP/IP block analysis and see these IP addresses sending a lot of messages to these IP addresses, but it doesn't really tell you much. Mm. And and um, so what this also gives us is totally legal systems because now if you send a tax authority or or if there is a criminal investigation, then you can actually go back to the blockchain and trace every single message. So mm. when you identify yourself for the for the police or for the tax authority. Then they can actually track every single transaction that, that you did. So that's that's a good thing. So it's both private and it's uh, traceable when when requested. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So and it's just a mime or something like that. It's encrypted with this document, I would assume. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Ah. Okay. And then, you, as you say, you, then we can share the keys. With, with different partners. So we can share a key with the tax authority or we can share a key with, with the receiver. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, but then it's even more interesting in the next step because we can use smart contracts. And yes, we can use smart contracts in Bitcoin. A lot of people say we cannot, but we can. And you got an Ethereum, you got also a smart contract, right? Yes, yes. Everybody thinks we can only do this in Ethereum, but that's not correct. We can actually do it in Bitcoin, and we are doing it. Mm -hmm. But uh, So we can actually send uh, the tax automatically, for example. In every single trade, we can send the tax directly in Krila. Or we can uh, put in different rules on when to make the payment. The payment we can actually log in the payment and say, okay, here is your payment, but you cannot reach it until we have got a signal from our warehouse that, that uh, the cargo has been received. And then it's automatically paid immediately when we receive it. So you can do a lot of very interesting uh, things. Mm. So, so once you're sending, for instance, an, an invoice or whatever, uh, you would send some metadata that says there should be a payment of this amount? Mm -hmm. Yes. So and you actually, in, with this metadata, are able to, to process the payment directly in some format? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can have this so-called smart contract on the blockchain just laying and monitoring a, a certain sensor or, or a database that you, you have agreed that you trust. Mm -hmm. And when the message comes that, okay, the cargo has been received and declared, then the payment is done. And you can do a lot of other very interesting things with the smart contracts. You can make insurances, you can make uh, lendings, and, uh, all different, different, uh, a lot of interesting things mm -hmm. that are, are laying in the pipeline for this. So, so but, but as I said in the beginning, the, the first use case right now in, in case of integrations is this BDI, sending BDI back and forth. That's, that's really big. That, that's going to really explode uh, this coming year. Yeah, I would assume that that would uh, make a lot of this, uh, all the EDI integrations uh, deprecated uh, pr pretty fast because yeah. Managing these things is, is challenging. How about, do you then have a monitoring solution on top of this, or would you then monitor this in the SAP document, uh, see the flows internally there and see, hey, we received this uh, order response and... Yeah, like in SAP, you, you, have, the, you have the normal EDI monitoring, if you like. Mm -hmm. uh, we, are, we are also providing a, a, a more nice user interface uh, in, a, in a Fury app. Okay. Where we, we have a, a nice overview of all the messages, where it's going, who is accessing what information, and we can even put in a, a end of life uh, date so, on information. So, so information is only available for like one month or three months or whatever you like, and yeah, the, the encryption is, is, okay. is deleted. Cool. Um, SAP also has a, a lot of or some different options of, of blockchain, as I understand it. Yeah, uh, they have some, I can't remember, there, there are some different options that they have, and obviously have Sapphire coming up next week, so there may be <laughs> changes to that portfolio. But as of now, what, what type of blockchains do they have, and where do you see those are useful? Yeah, it's very interesting to see uh, how quick SAP is moving on this. And now they are saying that they are blockchainifying every or a lot of uh, business processes. That's that's very very good. 
Uh, as far as I understand, they are, they are offering uh, hyperledger from um, it's mostly IBM's uh, invention, uh -huh. and and they also have another blockchain called Mosley Chain, which you can connect to. But according to to our uh, due diligence on blockchains, neither of these blockchains are actually According to us, the right one to use for, for enterprise solutions. The Hyperledger is a private blockchain, and as I said before, if you have a private blockchain and there is no tokens in that, which means it is it is actually just a, 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 a database, a distributed database. So you're just yeah, a replicated. Yeah, yeah, right. So okay. you, you get you get like four four nodes. Uh, you pay the price for that. And these four nodes are in the data center of IBM or SAP and. Uh, Okay, and then each company can send to that specific node and see the data there. Right, right. Okay. Of course, you can, you can buy more nodes and you can place these nodes in your own data center and so on, but it's still, it's still a private blockchain. And, and, mm -hmm. um, we, we, we don't think that private blockchain will, will survive very much longer because it will be like, like a lot of companies made uh, intranets a couple of years ago. Uh, and they are disappearing more and more. Uh, and if every company is doing their own blockchain, if, if Coca-Cola have their blockchain and Pepsi have their blockchain, and then you have the logistic company have their blockchain, then we are back to, to this mess that we have today, that we have to integrate everything with everything, and we are back to spaghetti uh, integrations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. That will be, uh, we'll, there is a need for integration now the first years, let's say they come in five years or something like that. So we are actually supporting that in our system. So we can communicate with hyperledger chain, all of these chains. But this is not where we see the future. We see the future like, like internet. We would have one global internet. And uh, we would have one global blockchain. Okay. Because it, we already have this blockchain which is, has been in production for more over 10 years. And it has never been hacked, it's never been down, and it's absolutely most, most secure system in the world. So it's impossible to, to, to hack or take down because you have like hundreds of thousands of nodes around the world. Mm -hmm. All right. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I heard someone also saying, well, the, in the HANA database, you also have this uh, time verification log or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah essentially yeah. what you would get in in this uh, the solution. So, um, yeah, I yeah. guess... So mostly, but, but yeah, really, in their private blockchains, it's just uh, a chain of signatures. So you, you write uh, records to a database, mm -hmm. and then you connect them together with the digital signatures. So that's... That's that's what we call a, a blockchain, but it's not really it's not really the whole concept of a blockchain. The, the big thing with the blockchain that Satoshi Nakamoto found found out was that we can centralize it with a, a decentralized uh, time server. So we can actually have hundreds or thousands of computers around the internet. They can be one hundred percent sure that they have exactly the same information at the same time. Mm. So, so, yeah. 
So if, if you have all of these notes, how are you actually sure that you have received this uh, specific order? Because when a, when a Bitcoin transaction has gone through, it's, it's verified and you can verify that yourself in the blockchain. Mm -hmm. so if I send a message to you, you can verify in the blockchain that you received it and I can verify also that you have received it. Okay. And of course, then we, then we are sending back, if you are sending an order, you are sending back an order request or order response. Mm -hmm. So we, we still have all these normal uh, EDI messages back and forth. Uh, Okay. Cool. Uh, I guess also when we're talking about SAP, some of the things they are showing are this is these. Uh, I guess it was some kind of food network that they could verify that the transaction or the food was delivered uh, correctly and kept at uh, what is the the cooling period or whatever it was. Or yeah. yeah right. And obviously also for medical. Uh, purposes that you can prove the medicine was delivered the right place and didn't break any laws. Is is that also an option in that blockchain? Yes, absolutely. That that is our first use case actually because uh, UICI in Norway has made an industry solution in SAP for the fish uh, fish food industry. Mm -hmm. So we have an industry solution for the fish industry uh, already available. And we are connecting this Uniswap blockchain to that. Okay. So we can now trace uh, everything from the fish eggs. So you have you have specific companies just producing fish eggs, which are selling them to the to the fish grower, which are selling them and uh, grown fish to to the to the company who is growing them even bigger in the lakes. And then you are then you see you can follow the, the the fish all the way from from egg into the sea where they are growing for like one and a half year or a year. Uh, you can then register uh, what kind of food they get, what kind of treatments they get, uh, uh, what are the weather, what are the water temperatures, uh, and then when they are housed, we can register that. And when it goes into the factory where the, the fish is uh, filleted up to different pieces, we can actually follow each piece of the fish when that goes into a new product uh, mixed with uh, sauces or uh, spices or whatever. And then we can follow that in distribution all, all the way up to the retailer and all the way up to the, your dinner table. Mm. So, so I could actually, if I had the whatever QR code or something like that, I could see where this X, X was produced. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So we put a QR code then on uh, on the package. Um, you could you then get the information. How old is this fish? How has it been treated? Has it been cooled? The whole cooled chain. Um, has it been unbroken? <laughs> <laughs> so just as when you're looking at your packages. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. So we actually give uh, give the producers if you if you are a producer with a premium product, it's it's very hard for you to, to prove that today to the customer. Because you as a customer, you are standing there in the, in the shop or you're sitting in a restaurant, you have no idea more than the price and how it looks. You have no idea if it's two days or two years old. 
uh, and if it uh, has been frozen or anything like that. If it has been frozen one time, five times, ten times. <laughs> so now if you, you if you are a producer with a premium product, you can actually prove it to the customer, which means you can take a premium price. Mm. And there are coming more and more pressure from the consumer side that they want to know the, the, everything about their product. Is it is it eco friendly? Is it uh, does it contain any any stuff I don't uh, I cannot allow uh, yeah. or everything like that? So we are actually developing a consumer app as well for for doing this. And you can actually enter your preferences in this app and when you are in the shop and you're scanning your products you, you're actually getting information about this product uh, mm. what it contains and where it comes from and the whole the whole way back to the to the as long as we can so that that's a, a function that we call digital twins so we, we are actually making digital twins of the fish in this case ah and it's origin Yes, I, I thought that the digital twins was just with regards to IoT, but it's also uh, yeah, no, it, it, we can use this for anything. Now we use it for fish, but that could be shoes or cars or uh -huh. computers or whatever you like. Uh -huh. Because this digital twin is not just one thing, but it's we call it digital twin DNA because we are we actually creating digital twin without the digital twin, so we can have. We see every step and the whole history back inside one digital twin. So this digital twin is, is growing uh, all the way through the supply chain mm, okay. with all the information. And we can add all different kinds of information to this digital twin. So nice. CO2, exhaust, uh, temperatures, uh, weights, uh, whatever you like. We just add more information to this digital twin. <laughs> does sound uh, really interesting and obviously yeah connecting that with IoT uh, you could see the weather at that specific fish farm for that period of time or how much whatever exactly yeah, yeah exactly right if that is of any matter <laughs> right right there's always um, there's always the risk for shit in shit out mm -hmm. so of course uh, blockchain is is super secure, but if you feed it with the wrong data, the wrong data will come out. Yeah. But this is where the whole chain makes the, the whole thing stronger because if you have this chain all the way from, from let's say, the fish to the table, now if somebody in the middle of the supply chain are trying to, to do something not correct, we can detect it very easily. Mm. And you see that uh, suddenly there is an ingredient that has no, no uh, origin. And then you say, oh, um, something happened here. What is this? And, and we can, of course, connect uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning to this. So we can, for example, monitor temperatures uh, of the water uh, or the, the weight of fish and so on and, and analyze that with all this environmental information that we can get. So, Last year, at this temperature, with this weather, with this food, normally a fish should be within this range. And we should have this amount of fishes. So suddenly, if suddenly a supplier comes with a fish that is uh, one and a half times bigger and they have uh, a million extra of them, 
Then the machine learning or AI can, can make a second alarm here. Something is not uh, is not right here. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so I can see that that part. I guess that's well something of the same at least integration wise, but adds uh, a whole new as you said, value chain and value proposition, because yeah. you can take the premium product uh, price instead of just saying it's like all the other stuff that we already have. Exactly, yes, yes. And of course, just adding a barcode to a package is not that secure either. You can just read that barcode off and uh, put it to another product. But we're going more and more uh, digital sensors and So for, for these uh, yeah, so, high so, value wines, I, I guess. Exactly. Uh, so, so if you are opening the bottle, uh, the sensor is broken, it's no longer that. So they're coming more and more stuff like that. But we also have other solutions for this disconnect between the digital world and the physical world. So we, we have a solution for that. I can't tell you what yet, but. It's very interesting solutions uh, to solve this. <laughs> cool. Uh, Stefan, uh, that's, yeah, I did learn quite a lot of things. Anything we didn't cover that would be interesting to know? Uh, there is so much to, to talk about and so much to, to put in the blockchain space here, uh, especially in the, in the business area, in the ERP area. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as I said, we are, we are doing this module in SAP that we give for, away for free. Mm -hmm. A small thing, of course, it's like, uh, it's like SAP, uh, you get a standard system, but most of the time you need to, to add functions or change functions. And that's the same business model we have. We give the first one module away for free, but then we hope, of course, that uh, you want more functionality. Mm -hmm. uh, our business model is and to take a very small transaction fee on, on every transaction. But we're still talking like 10 or 100 times less than the current prices. So it's still a win-win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And we do need to ask a to start with because that's my background, but, but we're going to do this in our other ERP system that, that customers would have. So Oracle, uh, Visma, IBM, uh, and three uh, navigations and so on, and yeah. Microsoft navigation. Probably one of the first one next week. Is, so. Yeah, cool. And, and if you need any more information, uh, you're always welcome to contact me. Uh, you could go to our website called inisoft.com. Yeah, and I will put the link uh, to to that in the, the, the show notes. So you can see yeah. it there. You can see Stefan's uh, uh, contact information uh, if you want to learn more about how these things can apply in in your organization. So, uh, Stefan, great uh, talking with you again. Uh, and I guess we forgot to, to mention in the beginning, we did actually have a project together in, I don't know, 
10 years ago or something like that. So uh, yeah. <laughs> it was actually great, great uh, catching up and getting to understand a little about what's happening in the blockchain space. And uh, you can see it, it is more than just this, uh, we want another blockchain project because the right. other CIO got it, but it, it is mm -hmm. providing some values more than just a distributed database, as you say. Yeah, exactly. Like we have we have seen that, let's say, a year ago, everybody wanted to do blockchain because uh, we need to do something in blockchain. Mm -hmm. But what we see now in the, the last uh, half year is that customers actually coming, asking, they have a problem and they, they ask it, is this possible to solve with blockchain? So now we're actually doing more green projects with actual solving actual problems instead of just uh, doing proof of concepts. <laughs> instead of finding a, a, yeah. a, a, finding a, a, a solution and then finding the problem that, that it, uh, in detail, details. Yeah, it, it was before a lot like uh, I have a hammer so everything looks like a nail. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but now they're actually coming with real, real uh, problems that we can solve. Mm -hmm. Cool. Stefan, uh, thanks for, for joining me. Thanks for sharing your, your knowledge. Yeah, thank you. It was very nice to be here. So, uh, later. yes, if you enjoyed this, uh, this podcast, uh, please uh, post a comment, uh, share this with your friends. And uh, yeah, thanks for, 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 for listening. Uh, so uh, thank you for today.